Hi, I'm Mary C. Curtis, and this is Equal Time. Voting rights has been top of mind this week in Washington, D.C., and in the mind of so many voters like myself. So why are we talking about the census under the previous president? Stay with me. Emails made public by the Brennan Center for Justice at New York University Law School this past weekend showed that officials under President Donald Trump tried whatever they could to rig the system for redistricting purposes. It and other government documents detailed clashes between the administration and the Bureau's experts in areas that had the potential of affecting the count and who gets elected. This scandal goes to the heart of the recent efforts to chip away at the American experiment in peril democracy. Today, we are lucky to have with us the woman who was one of those who fought to get these emails public. Kelly Percival is counsel with the Brennan Center's Democracy Program, where she focuses on issues related to the 2020 census. The center had an ongoing public records lawsuit. And she joins Equal Time to talk about why all Americans should be paying attention to this story. So welcome to Equal Time, Kelly. Thanks for having me. So could you start off by telling our listeners about those revelations in the emails and documents that you examined about the clashes between the political appointees and the career civil servants at the Commerce Department? Absolutely. So these documents were the result of a FOIA lawsuit that we filed against the Commerce Department and the Census Bureau, um, seeking records related to how the Trump administration had planned to calculate citizenship data. Um, as well as uh, stats on the undocumented populations. And what we got actually showed that the Trump administration had made multiple attempts to interfere in the count um, at seemingly every stage of the process. And they actually made a lot more progress with some of their attempts than previously known. Um, And uh, what they also show is good people inside of the Census Bureau actually pushing back at attempts at political interference. Um, so, you know, these documents, they don't tell us about the quality or accuracy of the final count, but they do show us um, really extreme attempts at partisan interference over the census. Um, and then the heroes really inside of the bureau who made sure that the count um, didn't end up failing in the end. Yeah, these were freedom of information requests that you did. Correct. Yes. In one of the emails, you're talking about heroes. One of the top civil servants at the Commerce Department, which oversees the Census Bureau, expressed alarm at the unusually high level of engagement in technical matters, which is, to quote, unprecedented relative to the previous censuses. Would you agree with that? I would say so. I mean, that's at least what these documents would lead anyone to believe, you know, previously we had known about the administration's push to add a citizenship question to the census questionnaire. That in itself was unprecedented. Um, That's not something that's ever been asked of everyone in the country. And we know uh, it would have driven down participation, particularly in uh, Latino communities, and would have led to millions of people not filling out their census form and potentially going uncounted. Um, But now, now we see that, you know, it wasn't just the public who had concerns and it wasn't just census advocates. It was actually the inside, the people inside the bureau who had these very same concerns. And they, you know, they didn't think that the administration should have anything to say about things like how the bureau counts people. You know, it's, it's very specific methodologies that are um, peer reviewed. They are 
statistically sound methodologies is what the Bureau is concerned with. Um, And when you get these partisan influences, sometimes that can erode the quality of the data. And that's something that um, the Bureau officials really stood up and said, you know what, this is this is our responsibility. It's not it's not the administration's. Let us do our job and count people. Yeah, I want you to talk to our listeners about why this matters in a sense. I mean, did the infighting affect the counting of the census? Because this is something that helps determine everything from the makeup of voting districts to the allocation of governmental resources. And what's it going to mean for folks' lives uh, in the present and the future? So could you dig into that a little bit? Absolutely. Yeah. So the stakes, they really couldn't be higher um, than the decennial census. Like you said, the results are used to determine how much political power each state gets in the U.S. House, uh, how many votes each state gets in the Electoral College, how we we draw our electoral districts, um, and then how over a trillion dollars in federal funding is allocated every single year. And that's for basic needs. We're talking things like health care, schools, roads, um, food, things that people really need just in their daily lives to live. Um, and so for every person who goes undercounted, it can have ripple effects because that means you're getting less funding into communities. Um, you're getting your political power diluted. Um, so it's really important that we count everyone. And these documents show the Trump administration's attempts not only to, or not only not caring about the accuracy of the count, you know, just trying to speed things up so that Trump could get the numbers at the end of the day, um, but also actively trying to remove people. So Trump had wanted to remove undocumented populations from the numbers that are used to calculate um, the state apportionments, the number of representatives in the House. And so by doing that, that would have um, diluted the political power of many states and many communities and really would have had ripple effects in communities that are already extremely vulnerable. Yeah, I want you to dig in that a little bit too, because people might be a little confused, you know, why would you count that? But doesn't the Constitution mandate the counting of whole number of persons uh, in each state? That is exactly correct. Yes. The 14th Amendment says we count the whole number of persons in the country. Uh, Every census since 1790 has counted the undocumented populations, Um, not only for purposes of apportionment, but it's also, you know, really important if you just think about it from sort of a basic level of, let's say you have a school district that needs to know how many schools to build, how many teachers to hire, like just because kids in the district are undocumented, you still need to know about them. You know, there's still human beings who count um, in more ways than one. So it just, um, it was not only going to be patently illegal, but it was going to ensure that we sort of baked inequities into our democracy. Yeah. Is this any evidence of the last administration's, uh, well, beginning to rig the election and our efforts to tamper with the census building blocks to that kind of, well, what they called a soft coup of some sort? No, I think that's a really good question. I think that the the big lie and efforts to tamper with the election are a separate issue, but they are overlapping in so much as they, they're fundamentally what our democracy is about. Like the census is the foundation of our country. And if you mess with the census, you're basically entrenching inequity for a decade until the next one. 
Um, and so I think in terms of trying to uh, take, trying to entrench one's power um, and take it away from others, in that respect, they are very much the same issue. Yeah. Now, I read that some of the documents revealed that the government was consulting with partisan outside groups. Um, so what would that mean? Does it open the door to all kinds of organizations having influence? Yeah, our documents showed that they were talking with um, a couple of groups who are known to be extremely anti-immigrant. And, you know, on one level, it, it's not strange for a political administration to be talking to advocacy groups, um, no matter what side of the aisle they stand on or what positions they might hold. But it is strange for the United States Census Bureau to be talking to these sorts of groups, um, to you know, anti-immigration groups. They really shouldn't have anything to do with the Census Bureau. At the end of the day, the decennial census is a mathematical equation. It's supposed to be counting everyone in the country. So what were these groups doing um, trying to have political influence over the census? I think that's the bigger question at the end of the day. Yeah. Now, I want to get in your involvement and your uh, group, the Brennan Center. You've been involved in the legal battles to protect the census. And even the case, I believe, that made its way to the Supreme Court about uh, tell our listeners about that. They wanted the count to stop early. Yeah. So that was... Um, when, when the coronavirus hit back in early 2020, that was basically the exact timing of when the census was supposed to get underway. Um, and so a month or so in the census bureau basically said, look, we need more time. The world is collapsing and we're supposed to be going door to door. And that's simply not safe for the American population right now, um, or for the employees of the bureau. So they delayed everything and they were going to get the apportionment numbers essentially three months later to uh, the president to then um, do the calculation to determine how many representatives each state gets. But come July 2020, President Trump announced his intention to try to remove undocumented folks from the count. And in order for him to actually uh, make that plan come to fruition, it meant he would act, he would have to be the president in power getting the numbers. You know, this was in the middle of the election. So if Biden won, um, he was not going to be the person getting the numbers under the new delayed timeline that the Census Bureau was operating under. So what happened was he essentially told the Bureau, you need to, you need to do everything faster. You need to speed this up. You need to end counting. Um, and you got to get me the numbers by the end of December. Um, and that would have been hugely problematic because the last month or so of the census, when they're doing these, the door knocking operation is what it's called. Um, when they follow up with households who haven't self-responded, that operation is specifically meant to count communities that tend to go undercounted in the census. Communities, the Bureau has a hard time counting to begin with. Um, and that is a lot of communities of color. It's a lot of low-income communities. Um, basically, the communities who have the most to lose and were, will really be harmed if they don't get federal funding they need from getting counted. Um, so it's a crucial operation. We filed a lawsuit almost immediately once the Bureau said we're going to speed up operations. And that lawsuit successfully got them to extend counting operations, a court order did, um, and eventually delayed things enough so that the apportionment numbers that Doc Donald Trump wanted to remove the undocumented populations from ended up going to President Biden because the timeline was um, 
uh, he was the president by the time the numbers were finalized. Yeah, you know, Kelly, I have you here. So we really need to tell our listeners the story behind this story on how did you know to try to get these emails from the Trump administration? Right. So that's a good question. We actually filed our FOIA requests before Trump announced his plan to remove undocumented populations. Um, What we were really seeking was information on how the Bureau was planning to put together um, citizenship statistics, because a year prior, Trump had directed um, the Bureau to put together estimates of the non-citizen population for purposes of affecting redistricting. Um, So that's really what we originally were trying to get at with our FOIA requests. And then in the middle of it all happening, he announced this new plan. Um, And so we ended up getting records that basically told us about all of all of the above. You know, this email says, hey, you all are stepping on our toes in five or six different areas that we believe as the census as a as an independent agency with the census bureau really believe are our um, things to deal with and they're scientific and they don't need to be partisan in any way um, so i wouldn't say we we knew what we were looking for we had ideas of uh, what we wanted to receive but we you know with a foia lawsuit you actually never really know what you're going to find at the end of the day yeah, well, what is the Bread and Center still trying uh, to get out of the agency about what happened during this process? Um, well, our FOIA lawsuit is pretty much wrapped up at this point. The last documents came to us um, last September. And now we're pivoting. Well, what, what we're hoping for is that these documents have really underscored the need for reforms before the 2030 census. Um, so they, they really, really show an urgent need for reform measures that will reduce political interference in future future censuses, um, safeguard the independence of the Bureau, and enhance the legitimacy of the count. Um, So we're hoping that in the future conversations can turn to potential reforms that either um, the presidential administration can um, order or that Congress can pass, um, because it is Congress's responsibility under the Constitution to oversee the census. Well, I was going to ask that about the kinds of the reforms that you're hoping to see from the administration and from Congress as a result of these documents. Yeah, so I don't know that I could speak to specific reforms. Um, I think any discussion on that will be pretty nuanced and complicated and is going to need to involve all census stakeholders, um, not just the Census Bureau and members of Congress, but also census advocates. Um, people who were out in the field doing get out the count work in 2020 um, and really saw the problems on the ground. So I think that when we have discussions, um, they should focus on really insulating the Bureau from these kinds of political actions. But uh, specifically, what the exact reforms might entail is going to be a conversation to have further down the road. So, but you're hoping for something from the administration in Congress as a result of your documents and all these revelations. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Congress, you know, they, I think that they should have committees look into what makes sense, essentially. I think there's probably a lot of ways that the Bureau can be insulated and become, uh, become more independent than it already is in, as an agency. Um, you know, it's, it's a statistical scientific agency. Those should be the most independent. They should be guided by science and math and not uh, partisan politics. 
Yeah, you talked about some of the difficulties of the people doing the actual count because of COVID being a factor. Um, could you tell us a little bit about what you learned? And I mean, did the Bureau, after all these complications, get an accurate count? So that is something that remains to be seen. Um, the Bureau is actually in the process of its post-enumeration survey. So this is something they do every year after the decennial has been completed. They basically go to a sample of households across the country and um, re-ask the same questions of the census. And then from there, they, there they extrapolate uh, to how and try to guess how well they actually did on the, the real census. Um, and so the results of that are, I think, slated to come out by March the 1st. And then this summer, there'll be additional results. Um, and that's really what we can use to gauge just how accurate the count was. Yeah. I think the census is something that a lot of the public, they don't really dig into as an issue. This story, in fact, you know, I, I think it's a truly important story. So can this attempt at tampering uh, be remedied? Or is it a case that a president or his cabinet wants to do something like this, there isn't a whole lot that can be done to prevent it. Uh, you, you had these career civil servants, but you know, what are your thoughts on that? I think that there's a whole host of things that can be done. I think it's just going to be a matter of deciding what makes the most sense. But, you know, Trump did very late in the census game, appointed two um, political people to the Bureau, Nate Coakley and Benjamin Overholt were these two um, just <laughs> basically completely unqualified appointees, uh, no experience in statistical world who were put in there to essentially oversee the administration's efforts to put together citizenship data. So things like that, I think that there could be probably easy legislative fixes to limit the number of political appointees, say, that can be in the bureau or, you know, say you can't add them that late in the game or give them um, or require that they have certain qualifications for the job, things like that. I think that there are a lot of opportunities to lip to limit the political interference, particularly. Yeah. Now you've talked some about the importance of this 10 year census count and how it affects so many issues that are in the news and that will affect people. Is this something, a process that people should be uh, paying more attention to? Should it be more transparent? Uh, because I think it is something that perhaps it's not on the top of mind for most people. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think <laughs> I always call it like, um, the, the, the lost daughter of the federal government. It's this thing that happens once every 10 years and no one, you're, you're totally right. No one really knows what it is. They get a form once a, or once every 10 years and think, wait, I, I have to fill this out. This feels a little personal. Where is this coming from? Um, but it's actually the, the crux of our democracy. I think that we could do a lot of outreach to let people know just how important it is. Um, and I think it's something everyone should educate themselves on lobby their Congress people to ensure, you know, the Census Bureau is funded to the extent that it needs to be, um, to make sure everything that is transparent that happens, you know, any sort of um, communications with the White House and the Census Bureau, I think that's something that could use a lot more transparency. Um, but yes, I think the number one message is the census affects every aspect of every person's daily life in this country. Um, and so it's really important, A, to fill it out when you get the form, but B, to also um, follow what's happening in the government and make sure that, you know, um, there 
if there are opportunities to advocate for fair and accurate counts, uh, that you jump on them. Is the Brennan Center still trying to get out of the agency any information about what happened during the count? We are not. Our lawsuit has essentially come to a close. Um, But I would say, you know, that's something that congressional committees have the authority to investigate and they can subpoena documents from the Census Bureau if um, they would like to follow up on our efforts. Is the organization hoping for any action or hearings or anything from the administration, from Congress, as a result of these documents that have come to light? I would certainly hope so. I mean, they, they show such an urgent need for reforms, um, certainly before 2030, if not, since the census process actually starts much earlier in the decade. Um, but yes, I would say we would hope that Congress would take a hard look at these documents, perhaps perhaps do some more investigating of their own. Um, and then, you know, really look at the full menu of tools it has in its kit, um, including ways to enhance the Bureau's institutional autonomy from political actors um, and limit the influence of political appointees within the Commerce Department, uh, as well as the Bureau. Have you had any indication that those questions have been asked and something is going to happen? Um, not since we made these documents public a week ago, um, but hopefully that's something to look forward to in the future. I want to thank you for appearing on Equal Time and explaining to our listeners uh, what what happened and why the census matters and should matter, because it really affects, as you eloquently said, every bit of their lives. So thank you, Kelly, from the Brennan Center for appearing on Equal Time. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Mary. I'm sure that in 2022, Equal Time and other guests will return to the issue of voting rights and how the past administration tried to chip away at democracy. Stay tuned. And if you have a guest you'd like to hear from or have a topic you'd like me to cover, tweet me at mcurtisnc3. Thank you for listening to Equal Time. Please subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.